0: Hey everyone, my turn to do a solo pod, not Ollie's. He's sick, so we haven't been able to have a chance to get together. So no yes, yes, yes from me this week. Obviously, off the back of a defeat in penalties after extra time, after regular time, after a pretty drab game against Sporting on Thursday. And I think the analysis of the actual game has been done to death i don't think we were particularly good i don't think we've been particularly good in any europa league games and i think that is basically because of two reasons one these players really want to win the premier league you can see that in the europa league you can see that in the fa cup and league cup performances their focus when they are switched on is when they play premier league games Which I think bodes well for the rest of the season, obviously. But obviously didn't bode well for basically every other competition that we've been in. And obviously this loss was not done in the way we'd hoped. I mean, if we wanted to lose in a specific way, it would be by resting everyone, not having injuries and definitely not going to extra time. But what happened... Has happened, And, you know, Arsenal need to get over that. The players need to get over that. And hopefully um, they can channel that frustration. And I'm not even sure if it will be frustration into doing what we all think they can do and having the best season we've had since the Invincible seasons, for sure. I I wanted to touch on a few things that maybe a lot of people haven't touched on so far. And I want to be clear, like, I had my gut feeling was that I wanted us to go through because I thought that it would be great to get minutes into Jesus' legs, great to make some of those players feel part of the the unit and also feel fresh, the likes of Tierney, Vieira, Smith-Rowe, and so on and so forth, and build up their fitness and and sharpness. If they are called upon, they can perform to the level that we know that they can perform at. The issue, I think, became, for me, mainly when i saw uh how good and sharp jesus was and so in in a way um you are basically thinking about how sharp can you get him specifically because he is a starter and to me he looks really sharp already it looks like he's never left and that started to dissipate as soon as I saw him play at Fulham and then I think in these first 45 minutes again when he played and came off at half time, I was kind of like well you know if we go through so be it but I don't want to I don't want to see that guy playing Europa League games for the rest of the season no way and you know after Tomiyasu and Saliba both went down I think obviously that kind of feeling was exacerbated Um, I've been talking about about our lack of back uh, options a lot especially on the right side so defensively our right-back options and right-centre-back options are probably a lot thinner than people think. If you think about Tomiyasu, he's a right-back by trade, has played left-back for us a ton, and has played centre-back for his country and for us at times. When he goes down, which he does very obviously regularly, um It means that we are in a position where we are lighter at three positions. And also, by the way, it means that Ben White and Saliba are only right side players who are equipped to play at the level we need to win the league. And so when we bought players in January in midfield up front and at the back in Kivior, I really thought that actually instead of Kivior... we we did really need that right-sided defender. And I've been thinking about this as a ticking time bomb for a while because as soon as you get an injury to either a right-back or a centre-back on the right side, you are one step away from playing Rob Holding. And I really think this is a player that really, more than any other player in the squad, Rob Holding is one that stops Arsenal playing the way we want to. If you take Jesus out and you put Nketiah or Trossard in, it doesn't change that much. Okay, they're they're inferior players, same way that if you put Martinelli on the right or Nelson on the right instead of Saka. But they still kind of understand the way that Arsenal want to play. Rob Holding cannot do what Saliba does. He can't do what Ben White does. And so we're in a position where he constantly wants to drop back deep, have fights with people be aggressive in the challenge instead of being that sweeper and stepping up high and keeping a high line that we need for this team. And that makes everyone in that spine especially worse. It means that the spacing is wrong because Jorginho has to cover more space. Vieira has to cover more space. Xhaka has to cover more space. And it's a big, big issue, I think, when he plays. And so I'm really nervous about him playing Premier League minutes. And we're hoping that Saliba can get past that. Um, maybe slight back issue. I think he will. He'll want to go to France and play with them. Um, So he'll probably try and be ready and force himself for Sunday. So I I think he'll play. So that was my first point that, you know, that was a bit of a ticking time bong, our our right side. And that injury or both those injuries together really compounded that. Um, Next point I want to talk about is how good this is for Arsenal overall I think I tweeted something along the lines of uh, our fixture schedule in April if we'd gone through and this is something obviously that's confirmed by the fixtures but this is something that we would have all predicted because there was a game to be played if we made the quarterfinal either way what I mean by that is in April we would have played our Leeds fixture at home and then you Liverpool away on the 9th of April, Juventus away on the 13th, and then West Ham away, who will be fighting for their lives on the 16th of April. Now, we play Liverpool away on the 9th, West Ham away on the 16th. And by the way, West Ham are in Europe in the Conference League, so they will have fixtures either side of our fixture, I, f- I believe. Then we would have had to play Juventus at home three days before playing Southampton at home, which is three days before going to City away. Now, instead, that Southampton fixture moves to the Friday on the 21st, and we get an extra two days per for our biggest game of the season. And then we have Chelsea at home, who, you know... They might be preparing for a Champions League semi-final if they get through Madrid. I don't think it will happen, but their focus will be elsewhere if that happens. So we'll have to be cheering them on. But they look a better team over the last few weeks um, rather than uh, earlier in 23 and the back end of 22. So, um, and also... If we'd gone through Juventus, which is a tall order, because they're not playing for anything in Serie A after their points deduction. They have a slight chance of coming top four if they win almost every game. But that's probably not going to happen. This is their route back to Champions League football. Imagine if we'd got through them and United get through Sevilla. We play United in between Newcastle away and Brighton at home. Two really hard fixtures. This is just not something that we want. And I actually don't think it would have been feasible to win the league if we got Europa League quarterfinals beyond. And you might say, oh, well, you know, we've got the squad now. Arteta's got the January signings, but we can't have our cake and eat it, right? We can't say that our squad is deep enough, but then also criticize our rotation options in Nelson and Jorginho and Vieira and holding and and tommy asu tierney whatever it may be we've seen tierney start games this season and then complain about his lack of technical ability compared to zinchenko so I, I don't think we can have our cake and eat it we don't have the analogs that we need in this squad and by the way remember that this squad was really really small at the beginning of the season and the players that we've added are either one quasi starters in trossard two stop gaps in Jorginho. And three, Kivio, a player that we've clearly been tracking for a while, but we've brought forward from the summer. He's still not ready and I think he's going to be a player for next season. So, in terms of adding to the squad, we have done that, but maybe not of the Saicedos of this world that maybe would have made an instant impact in terms of potentially being starters and being complete analogues to either Xhaka or Party in that role. So, I still think this squad needs a bit of work to get to the point where we can challenge on multiple fronts. And deep down, I do think Arteta knows that. I think he knows that, you know, start, we started a European last 16 game with Reese Nelson at right wing, who I love by the way, but he's got six months on his contract and he's been out for three months prior to this. And prior to that one, the goal against Bournemouth started Fabio Vieira, his first six months at the club. We played Rob holding for over 90 minutes in this fixture, a player who probably wouldn't get into a side in the top 10 in the premier league. So whilst we can say that this squad is ready and Arteta has the players to, you know, manage multiple competitions, I just don't think that's the reality, and I also don't think it's the reality of, to to kind of criticise his Europa League record. Like I understand previous seasons, but this season's there is no Champions League football for us with Europa League because we are going to qualify. We are one win away from getting 69 points, which is the same points total we got last season, which was very close to getting Champions League football. I think it will probably be about 66, 67, whoever comes fourth. So you'd think that even if we lost every game, if we beat Palace on Sunday, if we lose every game after the international break, we're still hearing that Champions League anthem at the Emirates next season. Once that carrot is gone, I think naturally the players and the the manager loses that, lose that focus. Last season, we didn't have Europa League football. We culled the squad. We're, we're rejuvenating the squad. And in the summer, I think we might see Arteta become very, very clinical and cold about the way he looks at these players in the sense that I personally think that Kieran Tierney let us down two years in a row. And for, for in terms of top four in Europa League, respectively, and Arteta went and bought a starting left back. Thomas Partey has been out for two of our biggest games of the season. City at home, United away. He's probably one of our best players, but there is no doubt in my mind that Mikel Arteta will go out and spend big on a midfielder. Probably Declan Rice is what we're all hearing, right? Why? Because he's there all the time. He plays every minute of every game and we need players like that. We cannot have, however good the players are, we cannot have players that only play once a week. We just can't have that at the level we want to be at. We need players like Rodri. We need players like Haaland. We need players like uh, De Bruyne. I know he's been and out the side more this this season. We need players like Nathan Ake this season for, for City who have played every single minute. And at the moment, we can only hang our hat on a few um, to, to play every single game. I think only a few have done it in their past, you know. Saliba, Xhaka jesus maybe but he was rotated quite a lot at man city so some of these guys need to get used to playing every game Saka is probably the only other one we can point to so i think in the summer we're going to see a lot of investment in the midfield because i don't think we can give Mikel arteta a squad that has three central midfielders for two positions there are basically thomas party jorginho and Jacka for the the box to box eight on the left and Jorginho in the six or Papati in the six, there are three players for those two roles essentially. Vieira in the left eight can work against, you know, a Minnow at home, but it's not really gonna work long term. And so I wouldn't be surprised to see us get two midfielders considering the age profile of those three and the lack of running and athleticism in in Jack and Jorginho specifically. So I think this is going to lead to to quite a big, not overhaul, but refreshing that um, defence, midfield, and potentially attack um, if Reese Nelson decides to move on and doesn't sign a new contract. Then I think we're going to see, again, replenishing rejuvenation of that front line, middle line, and back line. I mean, the front line might be sorted. Balogun, let's see what happens there. Um, But maybe if he stays, Eddie Nketiah has to go um, because they share the same agent. So a bit of a conflict there. I wanted to end a little bit on just talking about how many teams have ever won a European competition and the Premier League, right? Or the old first division. Four teams have ever done it, right? And two of them are in the modern era. One is the 99 treble winning United team. And one is the 08-09 or 7 United team that had, you know, Rooney, Ronaldo, Ferdinand, Vidic. We are talking about two generation deciding this defining sides, rather two teams that had some of the best players to ever play football on them and huge squads. Go look at that United 07, 08 team. It's just stacked, right? That was a team with Rooney, Ronaldo, Ferdinand, Vidic, Carrick, Hargreaves, etc., etc., etc. Um, and they were at the peak of their powers and that was the peak of their achievement. And I just really think that we're quite far away from doing that. And I know that Europa League is easier to win the Champions League. But it's still incredibly difficult to win both those competitions at the same time, whether it's Europa Le- League or Champions League. Some would actually argue that Europa League might be harder, harder to G up your players. Thursday to Sunday is harder than Tuesday or Wednesday to Saturday or Sunday. So I personally think that, you know, if we look at this in in the cold light of day, the likelihood of us winning both of those competitions was very, very low. We were already in, we're already in Champions League for next season. So why would we throw away our biggest chance to win the Premier League since the Invincibles for a competition that, let's be honest, without Champions League carrot dangle is not going to make a massive difference to us and our legacy as a club, I'm not going to sit here next season if we just won the Europa League and say, oh, yeah, well, you know, uh, United and City fans like we we're Europa League champions. At the end of the day, it would have been a nice to have a bonus in my mind, like the League Cup or the FA Cup. And now if we were fifth or sixth trying to get that Champions League spot, that's a different story. That's a completely different story. And if you look at some of the sides that are still in that competition, United, Juve, Sporting, they are all going all out for this because they have nothing else to play for. If we look at some of the other teams as well, Sevilla, Leverkusen, they have nothing to play for in the league. This is their only shot. This is their big, big thing for this season. For Arsenal, it's an afterthought. And I think that was apparent in the way that we played. I don't think any tactics can basically force players to care about a competition that they, even if it's 1% subconscious, don't really care about that much. And so for that reason, like when that penalty was missed by Martinelli, I just knew that that was that. That was the end of the road for us in this competition. And I started to really digest it, but in a positive way. Looking at our fixtures, 11 versus a possible at least... 14 for City. You know, they've got the FA Cup, which they'll likely get through. They've got the Champions League against Bayern, which maybe they won't get through, but it's two big games at least, and they'll be really, really focused on that. I'd probably back them to get past that because, you know, Bayern without a number nine are just not the same beast, and they've not been as good this season and you know Harlan playing against Bundesliga ha ha let's make all the jokes he'll, he'll score another five goals um, which is what we want we want them to be in the semi-finals we want them to be in the finals we want them to get as far as they can in the FA Cup games so I'll, I'll leave it with that I think that for me when I was looking through previous seasons and looking at Premier League or Ligue 1 uh, division title winners plus European competition very few very very few and If we had done that and won the Premier League and won the Europa League, it would have been one of our best seasons of all time, probably up there with, you know, the Invincibles and and, and the double winning seasons. But the reality is it just doesn't happen very often. And for good reasons, because it's really, really, really hard to do. And I just think this squad isn't ready yet. I still think we need some more depth and first team level raises in the midfield. Uh, We need some more depth On the right side of our defense, we're going to have to probably replace Kieran Tierney and maybe Reece Nelson, maybe Balogun takes a spot. There is a long way to go before this team can do what City does. And year in, year out, they know that they can win four trophies. That's, I mean, Arteta's talked about a five-stage plan and we're at stage three. That's stage five. We still need to get to stage four where we can maybe compete for multiple trophies at the same time, maybe two of them stage five is where we get to, we get into every season thinking we can win the premier league. We can win the champions league. We can win the FA cup and we can win the league cup. That is the final stage of this evolution. And we're going to look back on this and and laugh. I really do think that when we're playing champions league football this season, when we're hopefully doing what we all think we can do at the end of the season, we're going to look back on this and laugh Um, because I really, really personally don't think it's a big deal. I don't, think we should be able to tell people what they should and shouldn't be angry about but I promise you if you're feeling frustrated now you will definitely not be doing so in a few weeks time in the next season Um, you know the gut punches that were losing to Chelsea in the final losing to Atleti in the semis losing to Villarreal uh, Emery's Villarreal losing to Olympiacos I was despondent after those um, after Villarreal a lot of people wanted Arteta to go but here we are. And this specific one, whilst I think Arteta will be a bit pissed off, I just really don't think it matters that much. Half of the prize is sealed already through our league achievements. The other half of the prize would have been a nice to have, the equivalent of an FA Cup potentially. And I know people talk about Arsenal's European history, but again, I really, really don't think it is the the worst thing in the world that we have been kicked out of this competition and I don't ever want to hear that music again but, oh, oh I really really don't want to hear it again so yeah those are my thoughts hope everyone has a good weekend hopefully we can um beat Palace on Sunday obviously they've sacked their manager has anyone else faced as many new manager advances as us we played Wolves after they sacked their coach who else did we play after they sacked their coach Obviously, Everton saw that coming from a mile away. It's going to be painful. Um, now we've got Palace. So that's three of our 26 games. We're facing new coaches. Um, it's just its frustrating, annoying. I mean, let's hope that um, West Ham don't sack Moyes by the time we go there, because that would, again, be frustrating. Um, always seems to happen to us. But look. Hopefully we can get through it. Hopefully those injuries are not that bad. Hopefully some of those guys that played 120 minutes have recuperated and are ready for, for Sunday and we can go eight points clear. That'll be massive psychologically. And then we just need to hope that the international break doesn't bring us any injuries. Thank you very much everyone for listening. You can find me at AFC Pet on Twitter. You can find us at Fresh Arsenal Pod. Sports Social Podcast Network.